In this edition of the Cougar Insider Podcast, we'll be talking about BYU's number seed in the uh, WCC tournament coming up in Las Vegas. We'll break down the latest rankings, things that are going well for them and why. We'll also talk about basketball recruiting in the state of Utah. We'll break down a little bit of spring football, too. This and much more in this edition of the Cougar Insider Podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Cougar Insiders Podcast. Nick Harmon along with uh, Jay Drew and Brandon Gurney. And we're going to give you all things BYU this week. Spring football is starting, but first of all, BYU ends its regular season defeating Pepperdine on the road after being down by three. A barrage of points in the second half. TJ Haas uh, coming alive. Uh, Yoli Childs getting a career high 28-14 and 14, and BYU ending the season with a, what, a nine-game win streak. Undefeated in February have climbed now to the net ranking of number nine in the country. I think 15th by the AP poll. What do we know about this team now going to the West Coast Conference, Jay Drew? Uh, we know that that's a good team. They're tough-minded. They uh, have senior leadership. They've done this without Dalton Nixon. They should be getting him back. I don't know how soon. I don't know if he'll play. Uh, they've got another long week uh, between games, even more than a week, nine days, because they play Monday and with the double the triple bye. So it's a fantastic basketball team. I didn't watch it live. Jeff Call was in Malibu with the, with the Cougars, but I, I taped it and watched it later, and I was just pretty amazed at uh, really how they gutted up in the second half and got the job done. Brandon Gurney, I've, I've written a column for tomorrow. It's on the pick and roll that BYU seemed to execute at a very high level. I've talked to a couple of former players like Jackson Emery, Mr. Defense himself, and Travis Hansen, who, uh, of course, was drafted in the NBA, played uh, and had a strong season in the Euro Leagues. Played against some of the best teams in the country, but right now it would seem like BYU has used its practice sessions to really polish off the pick and roll play, and TJ has become an elite player at that in in that play. Yeah, it's just great to see how TJ's kind of risen to become what people thought out of high school. I I think he's he's largely been that, but because BYU hasn't had that success, uh, maybe hasn't gotten his just due. But but I think surrounded by a motivated team that's finally putting it together, you're seeing TJ kind of become the player we all thought he would be out, out of high school, and it, it's really fun to watch. But Yoli, holy cow! What what he's doing is is phenomenal. Uh, you just look at his stats, how he dominated that Gonzaga game. I think a lot of it is is just he's being more removed away from his injury issues. I I think pro- he probably came back too soon. I think he's just getting more and more comfortable. And man, I, if he can keep producing like he is. This is a team that can go far in the tournament. You know, Pepperdine's a pretty athletic team. They gave uh, UCLA all that they wanted. They played Gonzaga and St. Mary's tough. They've had other games where they've really played tough and maybe should have won those games. The record isn't indicative indicative of how good they are. But, uh, Jay, do we think that the decision to single cover Yoli Childs led to that 28? They kind of came out on Jake Toulson, decided to kind of really pressure him on the outside, leaving a lot of one-on-one coverage by Yoli. And Yoli just ate him alive in the second half. Yeah, he did, and it's pick your poison with BYU. Uh, it's 38, Dick. You had 38. You said 28 a couple times. <laughs> Let's not short, short Yoli. Uh, you know, you guys know high, how Yoli is. Career high 38. I think he had 28 against Gonzaga. But, yeah. yeah, 28 and 38, that's, that's pretty darn good within one week. It, it really is. You know, uh, the Cougars got caught a break where Colby Ross did not have a good game. He probably had one of his worst games. He's a bona fide, uh, until that game, I would have put him in the top five for player of the year in the WCC, which is something we maybe should talk about. It's uh, going to be a really interesting vote tomorrow. 
when when it comes out. But uh, yeah, I just think it's uh, pick your poison. And other teams in the last part of the season seem to have been uh, single covering Yoli and BYU's outside shooters were not quite as great as they had been. And uh, Pepperdine went with that philosophy or that strategy and. Yoli made them pay and big time, uh, and even even not just on first offense baskets, but but rebound baskets, putbacks. He was he was pretty good. Well, let's talk about Player of the Year. Who should it be? Um, in my opinion, in, in seeing these for a long, long time, uh, a player like Yoli probably fits the bill because of one thing. Not only because of his performances, thirty eight and twenty eight in the last two, but he's a senior. And sometimes these are picked a little bit to honor the seniors that are going out. The other candidates uh, that are out there, Ford is another one uh, that plays for uh, St. Mary's. The um, Pe- how do you say his name for uh, Petrosef? Petrosef. I think Yoli's probably going to get the edge, even though he hasn't played a full season. I think that because of what he did with the quote thirty-eight and twenty-eight, he may have it. Jay? Yeah, it's it's a real good argument. The thing about Yoli is he only played in 12 of BYU's 16 conference games, and they do say this is about conference play, so anything before that doesn't matter. Uh, another really good player in the league is Jaleel Tripp from Pacific, but... It's, I think it's going to come down to I, – I actually think Jordan Ford is maybe more in the running than Petrusev. I think it's going to come down to Yoli Childs or Jordan Ford, uh, both seniors. Um, Jordan Ford, one of the top scorers in the league, it just carried – literally carried St. Mary's. Uh, he didn't have as much help around him as – Yoli had around him, and then, uh, and then like I, like you already mentioned, uh, uh, Petrusev is a good player, um, but he's a sophomore. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. I know the coaches vote on the WCC; the media does not vote. So uh, we did back in the Mountain West days. We we got to vote. I think on football and basketball, but I've all, I've noticed the uh, the WCC. It's just the coaches. And another interesting thing is Coach of the Year. Go with Mark Pope, or do you go with Mark Few? It's probably down to those two. Well, Mark. Mark, of course, has been almost a completely rebuilt team. It has been nationally ranked number one, number two. They're number one seed in the tournament, and uh, and they've won the conference again. Um, you know, before the season was even over. But BYU, with a first year po- uh, coach, with with a lot of adversity, starting back with Dalton Nixon having his shoulder kind of reconstructed in the off season, and then you had uh, Zach Zelius uh, break an ankle. You had T.J. Haas go undergo uh, arthroscopic surgery. You had Yoli Child suspension. Yoli Child breaks a finger. You have Dalton Nixon back injured, uh, hurt his foot. What do you think, uh, Brandon Gurney, what would you set the odds at for Yoli Childs as opposed to these others? I I, I don't have the, the depth of, of the understanding Jay does just because I haven't watched the team as much. But to me, Yoli won this this award against Gonzaga. Seeing him, what he was able to do against that front line just kind of validated that in my mind that he's the best player in this conference uh, when you're seeing him fully healthy and whatnot a guy that can just dominate the game like he does like he can I I don't think there's another player in this league that can do that and just take it all on his shoulders as much as y- Yoli can as far as coach of the year I think it has to be Pope I mean few come on you can give it to few any given year right yeah any given year you could give it to him just for anything for showing up and blowing a whistle I think he's won 14 of the last 15 coach of the year <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, and Randy Bennett obviously probably yeah. won the other one. Yeah, for episodes, just give it to Pope, man. <laughs> if, you can, if you can win it the year after. 
Let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, West Coast Conference uh, tournament coming up. BYU not involved until the semifinals on Monday, probably against St. Mary's. But uh, it seems like BYU, at least in the net and some of the other rankings, has moved away and ahead of St. Mary's, even though these teams are very, very close and is split in the regular season. Very close. Comes down to one last shot of BYU on their home court to beat St. Mary's. But has, number one, not has BYU kind of moved ahead of St. Mary's in the last two weeks of this conference play? And number two, is BYU prepared to have uh, only one game in, in a long, long time to get ready for this, and how will they do, Jay? Yeah, those are all interesting questions. Obviously, that game is on a Monday. BYU won't have the Sunday practice or even a walkthrough. Uh, they're used to that with this tournament, but usually they've played on the Saturday before, so they've at least gotten used to the gym. It's a different gym. It's a, it's not a shooter's gym. It's It wasn't made for basketball down there at the Orleans Arena, so that's a very good point. I, BYU will have played one game in something like 16 days in between when they played Gonzaga last week. They played the Pepperdine game, obviously, Saturday, and then they won't play until Monday. So that's a long stretch to go with only one game. There will be some rust, probably. And uh, any way they can do to get into the arena and and get some shots up will really help. Last year, remember, Dave Rose actually complained about that, about uh, how hard it was to basically face a team that had already played in a, in kind of a foreign arena that you're not used to. The, adva- the advantage is, is you only have to prepare for that one game. It's not like a turnaround where you're just preparing and preparing for your Saturday opponent and then, oh, we can't really prepare on Sunday, turn around and, and go with that. But then you have the rust, which Jay talked about. But St. Mary's is scary. Uh, lost to St. Mary's at St. Mary's. Had had to have kind of a miracle comeback win just to beat them at home. Not an easy matchup for BYU, but that said, uh, just the third time playing St. Mary's, having that having that whole week to basically prepare for St. Mary's, let's be honest. That, they'll look at the other opponent, but, but you're going to see a lot of good game prep for St. Mary's. Yeah, I, I, I like BYU's position better than if BYU had to play Saturday and then turn around and play St. Mary's. I think that's where the big disadvantage comes. You know, I, I think um, BYU's got to shoot the three. Obviously, like you say, Jay, it's not a shooter's gym, but they've got to shoot the three in that Monday game. They've got to defend and keep Yoli out of foul trouble. And then the third thing is they got to find a way, if it's St. Mary's, to get a hold of Ford. Uh, Connor Harding did a great job kind of leaning on him in the last game and taking him out. they got to find an answer for him, slow him down, and then play uh, the inside passing game that they do so well and, and protect that and keep out of foul trouble. Hopefully, Dalton Nixon's going to be back. I don't think that he will. It'll probably take a few more days, maybe another week, until they can look at that. But he could show up and he could play. We, we don't know. Let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, Utah High School the games of uh, the state championships have been uh, played. And I think, uh, Brandon Gurney, you were able to see 15 games. And, Jay, you checked in there for our paper and went down there and did some coverage. Let me get your— You uh, got to the best quarterfinal <laughs> games there were. Yeah, did get lucky. <laughs> we're covering eight games. Jay just shows up for one game. It's the best game of the day. Well, let's, let's bring Which it down. Which I guess you deserve because you're not supposed to be there. You volunteer. So good for you, Jay. Yeah, good for you, Jay. Yeah, I'm really happy. Let's break it down with talent. Who do we see? What faces do we— Is there any prospects out there that BYU might be interested in Brandon Gurney? Well, there's one— clear prospect who, who's BYU. Pope was actually the first person to offer this guy, and it's Dallin Hall. Offered him while he was at UVU. I believe it was his first collegiate offer, and BYU follows suit soon thereafter. Um, it, it's tricky for me because I didn't realize this at the time, but when I started covering high school intently in 2012, 2013, it really was a golden age of talent in this state. I, it was phenomenal. Every team had a college prospect, and, and a really, really good prospect. We're talking T.G. Haas, Yoli Child, Sam Merrill, 
uh, Zach Celius. Uh, the list goes on and on. So it's kind of been a diluted product, but out of the non-Wasatch Academy schools, Dallin Hall is clearly the best athlete in the state, I bet basketball prospect in the state, really can take over a game. And uh, kind of in the same way that T.J. Haas was able to, that uh, Yoli Childs was able to, Sam Merrill was able to, I, I think he's a really, really good prospect. I, I think he has a college body, good height at 6'3", can leap, and, and he also knows how to play the game. There, there were a lot of games, I saw two games where they ran two guys at him just to get the ball out of his hands, respond with 11 assists in one game. Um, he, He's a guy that, he's a mature player. He, he's not a guy that's just forcing a lot of action. Uh, a lot of that is due that, that Fremont's j- just a very good team, but he's going to be deciding between BYU, Utah, and Utah State. From what I've been told, BYU has a very good chance uh, to get him. They were in early. He likes BYU. He's really close with Richie Saunders, who who, who signed with BYU. So it's going to come fast, from what I've been told. He's going to sit down with his family, decide, and, and then and then commit. So so I think BYU stands a good chance of mission first, kid. But but I really like him. I think I think he's going to be a really good player for BYU. Jay, he did not sign in the early period in November. Um, has decided to wait. Uh, the next uh, opportunity for that is in April. I think the second week of April is when they do sign. Um, any thoughts that why? Yeah, you know I. Had kind of told you guys half jokingly that if if this kid was that great, he would have signed in November when most of the great you know ESPN top 100 kids sign. Uh, some some Utah fans maybe some fans may take umbrance with uh, what Brandon said because Mason Falslip, the Skyview kid, yeah. is a pretty and, good prospect. And with all due respect to Mason, I haven't seen him play this year, and he is a fantastic prospect. I yeah, I'm glad you but, brought that up. But so he's he's there, maybe a little bit bigger, but not as quick. Uh, and, but obviously a great athlete. So I watched uh, Dallin Hall play live once against West Jordan, the game that Brandon said he distributed more because they were taking, they were junk defense in him the whole night. But uh, yeah, he's a fine talent. He made a lot of really tough shots when he had to, when he had to carry his team. So I don't know. I don't follow high school basketball as closely as I used to, but uh, I would I would say whoever gets him is going to get a good player. Let's uh, let's let's switch gears a little bit here and talk spring football. Right around the corner begins today. Availability today to watch them and to interview players. What would you guys think would be the storylines coming out? Let's start with you, Jay. Yeah, the article in uh, the paper this morning in the Deseret News. I wrote a few of them. One is obviously the quarterback competition, the quarterback battle. Another one is uh, the running backs coach who is going to replace A.J. Stewart. Most people I talk to say it's going to be Harvey Younga. It's just a matter of time. Um, others are uh, how is BYU going to get a better pass rush, a better, create more havoc on defense? And uh, they were 17 sacks in 13 games last year, was like ranked like 111th in the country. That's got to change. Uh, off the top of my head, those are Kalani Sataki uh, hinted about some maybe assignment changes within the def- or coaching staff, not just the defense, but uh, he, he really hasn't elaborated on those. Hopefully we'll find out a little bit more on that. So those are just off the top of my head some of the storylines to watch. Brandon Gurney, what do you think are some of the headlines that will come out in the next month? I'm interested in what's going on with the defense. I, I think offense is kind of established. I think we kind of know what's going to go on. They're outside the quarterback, which is obviously a huge story. But but to me, I think the defense kind of lacked uh, the progression that you would have liked to have seen last year, uh, especially with the defensive line. Um, see what progress is going to be made. From, from all accounts, they're going to be going with a four-man base and, and kind of bring 
bring that back. I'm interested to see Troy Warner. Here you have a guy who's a four-star prospect, kind of a bigger prospect coming out than, than Fred Warner. That you you can you can make that argument. His opera list was really impressive. Recovered. Finally has everything together. Let's see this kid take off. I, I'm interested to see if he can really become that force and that leader to the degree his, his older brother Fred was. I, I, I think it's an interesting story. Obviously, we don't know how much these guys are going to be able to participate. That's always a, a byproduct of spring practices. I'm saying this with Troy Warner. I, I don't know how healthy he is or if he's going to – Jay can probably answer that better than I could. But 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 just seeing real leaders step up on this defense and, and just kind of become that 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 guy that BYU's always had, I think Austin Lee's going to be a big guy, a big boy that they need to replace. And I think Troy Warner could go a long way in that regard, along with some others. For me, I, I get back a little bit to look at the bigger picture, and I, I all the things that you guys have mentioned I think will be headlines. But I, I think that if you get back and look at it, uh, this is a season where um, it was a very young team. It was a rebuilding team last year. They were, they were very, very young, and they had 55 starters because of injuries that came in and out. To me, I look at Kalani Sataki and, and say, this is the time now with your recruits now coming back off missions, recruits that you've gathered, uh, a team that had to start a lot of freshmen last year. This is a time for you to show maturity and growth and your staff and these players to get ready for what would be an insurmountable challenge in September in the college football season kicks off, uh, playing some tremendous uh, teams. Most most everybody in your schedule has a winning season. Almost everybody went to a bowl game. Uh, most of them won bowl games. And I'm thinking from an overall perspective, this is something that BYU staff has to do is to just grow this whole program a step or two, kind of like Mark Polk did when he came in, uh, only he's doing it as a rookie. They, they're doing it as a veteran staff, and they they have to get it done. Finally, let's go. Uh, let's go to this uh, before we leave it. Let's have you talk, uh, Brandon Gurney, about the women's basketball team. Just give us a couple of things that you look for in the, in the West Coast Conference uh, tournament that they're going to be playing in. When do they play? What do you expect? I think this team largely overachieved this year. Um, given the fact that, that Shaylee Gonzalez, who is fantastic, has been gone the whole year, I think they've really risen up and, and kind of become the, uh, a, a better team than, than I initially thought. I mean, midway through the season, it seemed like they were having a lot of trouble. But this is a team that, that I, I, I'm not going to say they can contend for a tournament championship, but that, it's, it's a team that can advance to that tournament championship. It, it, it has a lot of potential. But I'm telling you, next year's the year. Get interested in girls basketball. This is going to be a really, really good product next year. Well, that's a wrap, guys. Uh, Thanks for joining us on this edition of the Cougar Insiders podcast. Dick Armelong with Jay Drew and Brandon Gurney. Uh, Be sure to tune in and um, download this podcast, share it with others wherever you can find it. Uh, We'll see you next time. 